Vegas Bad Boys Podcast presents Matt Michaels People I Don't Hate Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here and uh, today I am joined by one of the I, you know honestly, you made a list recently of the top five performers in Canada to watch. And uh, I think it's very impressive, Mr. Sonny Soleil. How you doing, Sonny? I'm doing pretty great. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I made a list. It wasn't a government list or anything. No, no. You're 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 still good to fly into the you know, the country. Uh I think. I, I don't know. I, I hope so. Like, you know, like <laughs> I'm gonna get it checked out beforehand, but uh yeah. I don't know. I was on a list. Who made you? Who put me on the list? I'm on the list. Yeah, the list is a thing. It, and it's not Jericho's list. That's the surprising thing, right? I'm both disappointed and relieved. <laughs> um, let me ask you. You know, for the time that you've been involved in pro wrestling, what to you has been the strangest aspect of? being a public figure that's a good question the strangest aspect yeah is uh there's there's a, there's some people who will randomly approach me uh not know no knowing exactly who i am while i'm with a group of other people so i'm like yeah I'm, you know I, I just pro wrestling things on the side you know it's fun it's a hobby but I'm really into it, but they're not fans at all, right? So, you know, you just kind of skirt by, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere on the subway, you hear, Sorry, sorry! Sorry, sorry, my Jesse, sorry, sorry! <laughs> Which is French for Sunny Soleil, Sunny Soleil, oh my God, it's Sunny Soleil. <laughs> um, it, how do you balance, how do you balance as of now that um, fine line between you know, a regular life of, you know, work and relationships, etc. And your, you know, passion, your your pursuit of happiness uh, in being a, a wrestler. Another amazing question. <laughs> I balance it by not balancing it, actually. Uh, what I find myself doing is just kind of improvising on the way and then i just start to make up things as i go that's for example yeah like if somebody was to be like uh what was that about i'd be like i don't know just a crazy person but then i'll go and i'll greet the fan later saying yeah i saw you and i love you <laughs> uh, you know with your persona um, and having such a um, identifiable uh, look to yourself, does that for does that ever cause any you know uh, problems with the everyday people who you know kind of can look at you and make assumptions on your appearance and never have met you? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. 
they don't take me very seriously when I want to be serious because they see me as the party guy. But I do enjoy being serious, especially when it comes down to, you know, our passion and that which we dedicate our lives to. It's kind of like how um, other people would describe Shawn Michaels as a spot monkey. Okay. You know, when he first started, when he was in the IC title reign, uh, they never really saw him as somebody who built things around a story. Right. It wasn't until they actually started working with him that they're like, oh, my gosh, actually, yeah, this story is fantastic. It just looks very spotty because they're looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah. You know, that's a serious answer. <laughs> <laughs> Is this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so he's on the camera. He's being serious and shit. <laughs> well, you know, lightsaber behind me. <laughs> um. Oh, you know. Speaking of lightsabers behind you, um. Yeah. yeah. Were you a fan of the last, uh, or the the last three movies of the nine movies? Um, all right, all right, all right. This is where I will lose fans because I will say this: the first, well, whatever it was, episode seven. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it was okay. You know, like it was a New Hope remade. Right. Episode eight was just gutter trash. Like, what was that? But episode nine was amazing. Imagine if a child was to explain to you Star Wars. That's how the movie played out. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like oh, and then um, and then they got pulled into the sand things. Well, why did they get pulled into the sand things? Because, um, okay. Yeah. Uh, and, then, uh, and, then, and then there was a worm thing chasing them. Okay, oh, why was the worm thing chasing them? I don't know. And then, uh, okay, how did they get out of it? Yeah, they, they went up. I'm like, okay, okay, well, that, that's great. And the entire time, this guy's like, I've got a big secret to tell you. i got a big secret to tell you. And you're like, okay, well, the secret's probably going to be a love interest, but what was the secret? What, what eventually was the secret? I don't know. They didn't say it. What? Yeah. And that guy who was dead from the first ones was alive again. What? <laughs> yeah. I loved it. It was and, – and then for some reason, teleportation is now a thing. Like <laughs> – I watched that movie three times. All three times they were awful, and all three times they were amazing. You know, that's that is probably one of the best statements I've ever heard about it. Because you're absolutely right. No, we. I mean, I've had friends who have argued that point of, you know, well, eight is trash. No, eight is amazing. Well, nine is amazing. Well, nine is trash. And it's like, this is exactly what those movies should have done to everyone is just split everyone down the middle piss yeah. piss people off on both ends and then you come out with Mandalorian, Mandalorian which people are just like amazing yeah why is it so good it makes me want to look forward to every spin-off right right the evil geniuses at Disney they did it to us they did all this to us. You've seen the South Park special. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mr. Mouse. Uh, Mr. Mouse is uh, quite an asshole. So. Um, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. The you know to me the uh, the best piece of work actually since I mean Mandalorian and uh, Rogue One I thought was phenomenal. Um, yeah, Rogue One was pretty good. I mean, like it was good, but we were expecting it to be good. Right, right. 
So our expectations weren't subverted in a way like like how Winter Soldier, we all thought Winter Soldier was going to be like, all right. But it was actually pretty, pretty fucking good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's up there with a list of great things, which is something that actually Disney stole from professional wrestling. Subverting expectations. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, true. Check it out. And, you know, but but it's funny that you say that because of the fact that the talk of the potential that the WWE would sell to Disney if they were to sell to a bidder is actually something that makes sense because of that. It's like they would fit right into that model of bigger is better. You know, we, we set everything here. And then all of a sudden, everyone's going to feel like it's this, but then it's higher than you thought it would be. And it's like, okay, I could see it. I feel, though, like Disney would get WWE and not know what to do with it. It would be like uh, pearls on swine. No offense, Disney. I'd love to work with you guys. Big heart emoji. (laughs) But um, when it comes down to Disney, Disney's good at doing short stories. Yeah. And not short stories like WWE's, like WWE or um, AEW, or really any indie promo is good at doing short stories. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because our stories are so small, but you can tell so much in them. Yeah, like imagine a Disney movie that was five minutes long that made you feel anything aside from the opening of up. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a very good analogy with up being kind of that bar of i still i still get pissed off that the first five minutes of that movie is probably one of the greatest five minutes of that movie yeah and one of the greatest pieces of storytelling and it's literally just just a chunk of like i I, I, that feeling of my heart just sinking and then now i gotta watch 90 more minutes after feeling of garbage of a guy trying to help his house get to like where was it south america with a random dog and a kid on it like i'm sorry but if you fly your house to south america with a talking dog and a kid on it the authorities are gonna have a few questions (laughs) well you know it's it depends what kind of acid you're on that's really what the... Uh, it the... does depend what kind of acid you're on, yeah. Because I imagine if I was on any kind of acid when I watched that, I would have been destroyed, man. That would have killed me. I, it would have either been the emotional trip or I literally probably would have tried to tie balloons to my house. <laughs> listen, if you're not... Listen, listen, listen. As children, we all try to do something with balloons to make it fly. Am I wrong? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. For me, it was a bottle of, uh, I think it was Pepsi or Coca-Cola, because I saw some commercial or some shit like that, and they did it. And then like some kid got it and opened it, and we're like, mm, world peace, bullshit. And so as a kid, I did it, and it took me like 25 balloons to get it to almost float. So then I started sipping more out of this balloon, that balloon, out of the cola, thinking, well, maybe just a taste will give me world peace. <laughs> idiot! You're an idiot, Sonny Soleil! Yeah, Stupid. but... 
next day. Sorry. Sorry. But you know, but Sonny, you made a point, Sonny. That is that eventually you have to take all of the substance out for it to get somewhere. And when it finally gets there, there's nothing. Backwash. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing there. It's just my spit. I set my spit over a fence. That's what I did. <laughs> oh man. Um, you know, when you think of uh, when you think of you know the the people you've got a chance to work with, is there someone who stands out to you as someone who can? You know that if you were to, um, at a moment's notice, have to step into the ring with this person, that you have that type of chemistry and, you know, um, something that matches with you so that everything kind of flows. Um, Is there someone who sticks out in your mind as that type of person? Are we talking, like, worldwide or are we talking just, like, guys I've worked with? Because... Pretty sure Jericho could have a great match with a fucking like uh, blow up doll if he really wanted to. So could Kenny Omega. He did it, right? Yeah. So um, I, I think I'm just gonna plug some of my, my some yeah. of my guys here. Yeah. All right, like uh, the Green Phantom from IWS Hardcore. If you guys watch IWS uh, on the Fight Network, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, he is fantastic. And me and, me and him have worked a lot together in a lot of the shows that didn't get aired. And just the natural chemistry that both of our characters have is fantastic. Of course, there's Speedball Mike Bailey, who is, by all accounts, one of the greatest wrestlers today. Which I would make... Anybody who has seen him and worked with him would not argue against that statement. He works tirelessly to make every match better than his last match. And even then... It just gets better, you know. Like he he did the show with IWS uh, when we brought in Rey Mysterio, fantastic. Um, he's just one of the top talents in the world. And now that the uh, well, now that this year, sorry, 2020, the blocking from the United States happened because they decided to like annex him from the states for five years is over. Once he starts actually getting into your guys' area. You guys are going to be blown away by one of the greatest talents that this world has ever seen in professional wrestling. Uh, somebody else that is fantastic is Mikey Moretis. Um, me and Mikey Moretis, we did a we did a few stints. We were going to tag team together at a show before you know this happened. <laughs> uh, we we actually did a bunch of matches together. We got a great chemistry. He's a great guy. And he's one of those guys that when I was just thinking about going into training, uh, I saw him at a show with the makeup on because he wears face paint, right? Right. Didn't recognize him. And then I go into training, and he's also training at the, at the IWS dojo. Don't recognize him. And then comes the time for my first show, and I turn and I see him put the face paint on. And I went, "Oh my god, it's you!" <laughs> He's actually got a uh, music video coming out soon. Really? So wow. follow Mikey Moretis on Facebook, folks. Um, let me ask you too. You know, when you think about the potential of working for a company like an AEW or uh, a WWE or a ROH, Impact, etc. 
do you find yourself like would that be a goal of yours and do you think that in some ways creative in a company like you know one of the bigger companies would be restrictive on you know either changing your character changing your personality anything like that to kind of um you know take what you're doing and just kind of neuter it a bit so that you fit along the company's lines well if i was to work for a company like ring of honor they would take me in just because i asked for somebody i asked a favor from someone sure you know yeah uh if i was to get if i was to go into wwe they're like we got a great idea for you kid what we're gonna do is we're gonna make you not sunny soleil we're gonna make you loony moon and you're gonna come out there and you're gonna moon the audience i'd be like how much am i getting paid (laughs) exactly right but that being said wwe is the establishment now i I always when you were a child the only like i'm from ontario but i live in quebec Mm-hmm. But we were both only really ever watching WWE. Right. So if I ever got that chance, I would take it at the drop of mm, not a hat, a drawer, a drop <laughs> of a drawer. Okay. For AEW, I would take that at the drop of a hat because they know exact. They would know exactly how they want to use me. Yeah. And they would already have ideas for me coming in, whereas WWE would want to break me. Put me back together, like silly putty. But that being said, like what they've done with like Kevin Steen, um, <sighs> Kevin Owens. Yeah. No, they did a great job with him when he first came in. I, I, I think that if he wanted to do more, he would actually just talk to Trips and be like, "Yo, brother, uh, give me a little bit more of the, you know." Yeah. And what they've done with um, uh, Rami, uh, Sami Zayn. Yeah. Uh, like. Like, what they're giving him, the creative opportunities they're giving him are fantastic. That being said, if they were in AEW, God knows what they'd be able to achieve, right? But but again, we're comparing apples and steak. Right. Um, They're both good for you. And and what what is really interesting, too, is I could see the idea of, uh, you know, WWE looking at your look and going, you know, let's have him come in as Sami Zayn's brother, you know, and and go through that kind of thing. Wow. You know? I'm um, not from Syria, but I'll take it. <laughs> well, you I'm know. Very not from, I'm very not from Syria. Yeah, well, let, let's. let's... I, I, I absolutely love Rami. He's amazing as a talent. Oh. And um, my 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 um my wrestling dad was trained by him. You know, wrestling dad is the guy that trains you, right? You, do you know who sh- superstar Shane Hawk is? I've I've never met him, but I've heard his name before. Easily one of the most underrated talents that has yet to be recognized uh, in professional wrestling. The character work he does is fantastic. He can get a group of people who don't speak English to chant fuck you shane you know <laughs> <laughs> oh that's amazing that's amazing man um yeah. I, you know and I, I like the fact that you said um like wrestling father um for me um it was uh tom howard um at upw in uh california back in the early 2000s um 
And what's interesting is that recently um, Zoe Stark in NXT is uh, he trained her uh, for years, um, but they've been dating for I think eight years or so. Um, so when I got around to seeing him again when she came here to Vegas to start training, uh, it was like seeing you know a parent that you haven't seen in in 10 15 years and i right? yeah i mean it's because there's still that mutual respect and there's so much that you learn from them that you apply even when you're not thinking about wrestling when you know some things i do i know that i learn because you know i just learn from the things that he talked about and taught us and you know, use that in other areas of life. Has has there been any type of uh, advice or knowledge or anything that you've been able to kind of swing from wrestling into your, um, you know, per, per, uh, personal life outside of the ring? Actually, yeah. Like, um, uh, do you know who Sexy Eddie is? No, I do not. He is the original creator of the uh, You Porn Plex, the Penis Suplex. <laughs> he's also somebody that i regret not including and somebody that i have immediate chemistry with that i mentioned that you had asked me about before because i've had so many matches with him that were all fantastic i think i just forgot about him because i don't associate him to wrestling because the advice he gave me was whatever you're doing sonny just make sure you're having fun <laughs> <laughs> and that's the advice that really takes me everywhere because if you're not having fun with what you're doing, then what are you doing, right? Right. He's a fantastic... He was the one who, uh, in... Uh, what was the name? CZW. You remember he cut his, like, artery and licked it or <sighs> sprayed all over his face? He was yeah. on Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I, I believe yeah. that. I, I yeah, yeah, vaguely yeah. recall that. Yeah. Oh, I... I tell you, that guy is 50% violence and 50% party, and it's 1,000% awesome. <laughs> so, like, whatever you're doing, just make sure you're having fun while you're doing it. Because if not, then what are you actually doing, right? Yeah. You know? Also, um, uh, some advice that was given to me by Matt Martell. He's in he's Ever Rise right now. Uh, if you follow the... Uh, tag teams in, I think, NXT or 205 Live, I can't remember. NXT. Yeah, some of the, advice, yeah, some of the advice he gave me, because he's one of my trainers at the IWS Dojo before he got signed to that big, pretty contract. I'm reminding you. Alexa, shut up! Sorry, Alexa came on was going to remind me about some garbage. <laughs> I'm going to forget it later. What were we talking about? Uh, NXT, <laughs> NXT and Ever Rise and uh, the advice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing that uh, Matt Martell told me is uh, Sunny, Sunny. And he actually talks like this. Sunny, don't ever feel bad about being you, even if you're kind of an asshole. Don't feel bad about it because that's you. If you're an asshole, own it. Because if you're gonna be an asshole. Might as well be the best asshole you can be. <laughs> That's actually really good advice, um, right? Yeah. And after that, I just started being an asshole. asshole. To everyone, it's fantastic. 
<laughs> oh man, and th- and then you got the perfect out. Well, he told me, you know. Yeah, <laughs> no, he he's he's signed. What are you guys? Yeah, come on, like seriously, like what year is this? <laughs> um, I self-identify as an asshole. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, fuck cancel culture, man. Fuck it. Um, uh, it has its purposes. It it does it does. But uh, like cancel cancel Sex in the City, good idea. Um, cancel. Uh, really, just I was gonna say cancel Game of Thrones, but like. That last season was heartbreaking. Yeah. I have a theory on that, but that's a topic for a different show. <laughs> uh, well, let me ask you, you know, bringing up games, Game of Thrones and the general disappointment by fans, what is it like for you when you feel that you're doing something that's really getting a lot of steam to it and fans are really reacting and then the culmination in it just kind of the fans just think it it's just shit shit the bed on you you know have you ever had that experience where you just felt like the reaction was not at all where you felt the buildup was going to go to that's a really good question too That's a really fucking good question. Okay, I got an idea. Um, there have been a couple of times where I've been... Yeah, but usually the um, build-up towards a certain thing won't be what the fans react to. But they'll react to something else. <laughs> which you just, then just lean into super hard. Right. Uh, that's, that's just the nature of what we do, though, right? Like... That's what makes it magical because there, there was one match when I first started wrestling where I had gone off the ropes and I knocked the guy in the corner, pulled, thrown him into the middle, and I was ready to give him the Cesaro uppercut from the middle of the ring, you know, the jump off the middle rope, spin, boom, right? Because I was a mark and I wanted to be like Cesaro. And I fell through the ropes. Oh, oh no. They started chanting, the whole audience of, we'll say, 125 people, because this was a smaller indie show, they started shouting, you fucked up, you fucked up. I came to the ropes, walked up, gave them a regular Cesaro, and just turned to them and went, yeah. <laughs> they lost it. And then started chanting, Sonny, Sonny, Sonny. And I'm like, I don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> oh, man. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. But, you know. I, I, yeah. But that's. You know. But no, it's a very good point. And that is with something that is on film, it's on film. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. It's preserved. That's what you're going to get. And fans are either going to like it or going to be pissed. Whereas. In, in a live audience situation, that's one of the most thrilling things about being a performer is you have a split second to decide, do I go with this or do I go with this? 
And that could make or break, you know, where you're going with the rest of the match or with the character. Or, um, you know, without that, Austin 316 never happens, you know? Well, exactly. Exactly. And if you don't own the mistakes that you do end up making, come on, guy. You fucked up. Yeah. Everyone saw it. If you're not going to acknowledge it, like, there's a certain amount of purity, which is why I think, like, Quebec wrestling is different than wrestling that you'll find in many other areas and territories. Because Quebec wrestling was built to, like, well, the thing is, is, you don't mind me going on a tangent right here. Tangent away. Okay. So, Quebec wrestling is different in North America just because the predominant language spoken here is French. Il parle français, ouais? Right. Hmm? Okay, so we were, like, I'm guessing we're from around the same era where we were all about the Attitude Era, and it was fan-fantastic, am I right? Exactly. Right. But the best thing about the Attitude Era was the promos. The promos got us to build and go to the next scene. In Quebec, they speak predominantly French. So what they appreciated the most was the intensity, the physicality, the blood, the guts, the chaos. They loved those aspects the most. Yeah. So so what you end up getting is literally, a, not even joking, like a ton of guys that look like Stone Cold Steve Austin in the Indies in Quebec. <laughs> sure. Because Stone Cold was great because his intensity was there, but his promos were there too, and if they needed to be translated, they were pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know? That's a very so, good point. Whereas a lot of people here don't like The Rock. That makes they, they, Yeah. Yeah, because The Rock was like 90% promos. You maybe got one match with him a night at most. And even then, if you didn't even get a match, you were probably still just as entertained as if you did. Right. Right. So that's drastically changed the culture here as far as how pro wrestling is done because you need a lot of hard hitting. Like, I'm surprised that Quebec strong style isn't a thing because in all the really intense matches I've been in, I've walked away with more bruises, broken ribs, or just like random, I'm bleeding where, there? <laughs> anywhere else that I've done matches. Sure. You know, it's a it's a fascinating thought because even if you go back to um, Bruiser Brody, listen, Japanese fans, you know the the South American fans, and and the, you know yeah. it's he caught the attention because the, you didn't need a promo for him to be over. You just saw him, and you immediately thought this man was in fucking insane and well yeah the guy was probably legit in fucking insane <laughs> well like, come on guys <laughs> but i wouldn't be surprised if he ate his raw meat his meat raw <laughs> but at the same time the the good thing about that is when you're when you're um wrestling in regions that the language barrier is different. It's very easy, like you said, stone cold, identifiable look, identifiable style, and presence. And there's an intensity there. 
And I think that, well, yeah. I think that, but, that sometimes we miss that in American wrestling nowadays because it's all about the flippity flops and, you know, and then the charismatic guys, the pretty boys, things like that, where you just, you don't see the same intensity guys that could, you know, go to a, a town, you know, halfway across the planet and make people believe that this is fucking real. Well, that's the thing about a lot of wrestling nowadays that a lot of people don't realize is the WWE has a buying power to get literally anyone, but they seem to only focus on two types of wrestler showy wrestler, you know, like where you don't have to get hurt at all or, you know, like Pete Dunn, Shinsuke Nakamura, strong style, right. knock your block off type of wrestling. Right. They don't like the marriage of the two. Yeah. The closest thing to the marriage of the two, like if they, if they enjoyed the marriage of the two, then Sami Zayn would have been world champion a few times now. Yeah. This is the perfect example of the marriage of the two. I think that aside from his talent and the influence that he had, his biggest attribute towards um, professional wrestling to this day is that he speaks like nine languages. That's what I think is the real factor for a lot of the WWE signings now because they want to be an international brand. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I've heard some <clears throat> insider knowledge that says that they get all their trainees to study up on multiple languages. Because in the event that you start touring, you're going to want to be able to communicate to multiple different people. Right. That being said, I tried to learn Chinese. I stopped it after a month because it was terrifying. <laughs> I actually had a high school friend who uh, decided that uh, when he went into college that he was going to uh, study Chinese business, essentially. So he, you know, he... Communism? He was going to study yeah, communism? Well, the idea, though, and this, you know, this was that same type of idea is that if you focus on learning the customary, uh, the language and the customs of a country that has so much power you know in control that it will translate into you finding a job for companies that other people are not going to score the job because they don't understand how the uh, culture and the language works and it is very interesting because it's it's tough it's as interesting. Hell. Yeah, definitely you know i wish i had studied japanese though instead just because a little, yeah, a little more opportunity probably uh, for you to come. Well, you know, like I look like if Kenny Omega got went on a drunken bender for ten years and came back as a redhead, but yeah, yeah, it's funny because you know we think of uh, John Morrison having that Morrison esque look, but you could have easily gone to Japan and pulled off, you know, nineteen seventy one. Morrison, L.A. woman, beard, and and that persona of the Lizard King, and hey, Lizard King in Japan, Godzilla. Uh, listen, I'm, uh, listen. Book the flight. Uh, all my respects to the Lizard King. I am by far, far away from the Lizard King. I am the Lizard Duke at best. <laughs> Maybe the the Lizard uh, Archibald. 
if that is even a thing. <laughs> I don't know if it's a thing, but it sounds like a great name for a rock band, man. Lizard Archibald. Actually, actually, that sounds like an amazing name for a wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> Where, in this corner, weighing in at 255 pounds, Lizard Archibald. You, you just wonder what's going to happen with Lizard Archibald. <laughs> oh, man. Would, I, I would, and you know what? The corner would be empty. The lights would go out. The match would happen. You hear one, two, three. You hear a <laughs> out of the ring. And then the lights would come back on. The other guy would be defeated on the ground. The referee would look terrified. Because Lizard Ultrabolt just came in, won his match, and left. It left. And it was that quick, too. It was strike that, and go. That's what's terrifying about Lizard Archibald. He's a menace. I, uh, I I I thoroughly enjoy that idea of uh, <laughs> yeah. Lizard Archibald. Well, yeah. You know what? Because in a sense, it really kind of is the essence of pro wrestling. It's it's just performance art <laughs> that can sometimes be so realistic, and at other times be such a wonderful facade of just conning people into believing into something that's not even there, which is brilliant. Did I ever tell you that my... Uh, no, I didn't tell you this. <laughs> when I was early in my career, there's a guy who looks just like me, except like a foot and a half bigger and about 150 pounds heavier. So what we were going to do is I pitched the idea hard, like hard, that I would have an incredible Hulk character persona where i would just get really angry the lights would start flickering then the lights would go out lights would come back on he's there <laughs> destroy the opponent and then we'd have you know like uh and literally i think marvel stole this from me we'd have like uh you know like a manager who'd calm me down because i wouldn't be able to get a pin if i'm too like aggravated right right so she so she'd calm me down and then, you know, I'd calm down, the lights would come back up, get the pin, one, two, three. Right? Right? That's money. I know it's money because Disney did it. And I, I, I pitched it before they gave Black Widow that weird power, power. the Hulk, in those stupid Marvel movies. It's conspiracy, just like how toothpaste actually rots your teeth. <laughs> I not that funny. I no, I that's the first time I've ever heard that theory. Really? Yeah. yeah I, I toothpaste rots your teeth. Oranges connect you to, to cats. You eat too many oranges, then you can speak telepathically with cats. It has nothing to do with vitamin C. And cabbage is actually babies. Well, we all know that. That's that's a that's a given. Um, <laughs> so you know, one of the things when we were we were talking about, um, yeah, uh, the, you get to something that actually is serious and that matters. Uh, well, I, I guess a little bit serious, but um, you presented this uh, this nice little game that you guys uh, play, where you uh, recast television shows uh, and movies. So let me ask you. Um, are you a fan of, uh, like, The Office? Yeah, I know enough about The Office. 
I've watched it three times. All the all, everything, not the British one, because right. I'm not a bloody limey. <laughs> well, you know the the British one and the the uh, the American one are you know fair, fairly They're the same both structure. Pretty great, act, but I've only watched the American one a lot after season three because season one, two, three is so cringe. It's like ouch. <laughs> Well, and that's and funny enough, that's all basis off of uh, the British series. Those first three seasons really, you know, were pretty much using the the structure of the British show. So, if you were to look at a character like a Michael Scott, uh, you know, the the office manager, office boss, who would you put in that role? As a guy who always wants to be liked, it's a good question. Right off the bat, it's like a, you mean like a wrestler yeah, put in? Yeah, 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 exactly. Like not just some random actor, because like Matthew McConaughey would be like, "All right, all right, all right, he's just black me." You know, yeah, no, no, a, a wrestler in that in that role of the inept boss who has a heart of gold, but in you know is uh... in actuality a pos. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would probably have to give that to. Why did you give me this one? There are so many dynamics here in this. Um, I'd probably say right off the bat, off the hip, our truth. <laughs> our truth would be amazing, Michael Scott. Absolutely, actually, now that you say you know? that, yeah, yeah, I, I love the idea. I mean, man, and and talk about a guy who really just if you want to study how to commit to your character holy shit dude i've been a fan of i've been a fan of our truth since he was k quick remember that shit yeah yeah him and the road dog and and it always baffled me why they let him walk because he had so much there was so much there there was so much they could have done with him um you know yeah but he probably wanted to walk you know he was at that point where he probably saw that he had more potential and he probably he'd been with the wwe for what two years at that point yeah it was if you were frugal and saved your money you might be able to keep like 50 grand if you include you know all the hotels and things down to a minimum Right. At that point, you could start your own business. Yeah. You could go off on your own. You could start your own promotion. Yeah. And he loved pro wrestling. He was pure. And he still is pure. That's why him and Vince McVinny Mac, Vinnie Mac attack, which, by the way, it's, it's a travesty that McDonald's hasn't tried to offer him his own sandwich. Like the Vinnie Mac attack is like, you know, uh, Big Mac, but with quarter pounders. So it's a half pound of beef <laughs> burger, which sounds fucking great. Because double quarter pound is a thing, but the Vinnie Mac attack, yeah, I'm done for that. 
with a little like sriracha in the uh in the the mix of the uh the thousand island to give it you know a little more kick because you know Vinnie Mac give me some kick like, what are you yeah. doing yeah uh you know thinking of you know our truth in, in that kind of capacity but the other main character in the office is uh jim halpert who is kind of the uh you know the doughy-eyed uh you know kind of stuck in this job but i still gotta he make is it also the biggest asshole in the office yeah i know that guy uh w- what would you say in terms of uh you know a wrestler that kind of has that kind of um persona or, or would be good at that type of character john good oh sorry that's his real name uh john moxley yeah ah his real name is john, john good, good. Which, by the yeah. way it's an awesome wrestling name but whatever i'll be moxley yeah no vegas's own uh uh you know right right down the street here are you actually in Vegas? Oh yeah, oh yeah. What's it like? Did they turn the lights off like they do here because we're under quarantine and they lock us into our homes or we suffer a thousand dollar fine? So, in all honesty, um, the uh, the hotels shut down from March. I think it was around seventeenth last year until I don't know about June first ish. Um, because the industry, if, if the industry stayed closed it, for too long, it was going to be like destroyed anyway. Yeah, it was, it would have been a disaster. Um, but weirdly enough too, we were one of the, like the, the casinos were one of the last things to actually go under official like lockdown. Um, and we had People not spitting each other's mouths all the time at the casinos. The weirdest thing is that there were not a lot of cases coming out. You didn't hear anyone coming down with COVID-19. But I'm glad that you just brushed over the fact that I said that you guys spit into each other's mouths all the time. Listen, do I have to cover truth when it's already been told? No. So. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, keep going. (laughs) Hey, listen, they don't say. Vegas is kicky. We've established that. what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas is not a term that's used lightly. It's, you know, if you have so you, it, if you have so the you fetish. in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Use what? <laughs> yeah, well, you know. I, you know, some, sometimes in life. You travel and you you look you know it's it's looking for that thing that draws you in and then when you find your people you know yeah. you're home. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's why I moved to Montreal. Yeah, that's true. Hey, speaking of Montreal, let me ask you this. Um, just out of curiosity, um, last time I was in Montreal, I was a kid, um, and it was uh, oh quite quite a while ago, but. Um, one of the things that just fascinated me, which was so amazing, was we would go like on the subway system. Yes. And we would encounter people who would be so sweet and delightful, but they'd come up to you and they would just speak French to you like, you know, 
like you were supposed to know French Canadian. And is it is it still you know warm and inviting where you know everyone's friendly, but if you uh, you know don't know French Canadian, you're kind of looked at as a little bit of a, like an outsider. Say say quand cinq ans, Monsieur. It's fifty fifty. Sometimes you get uh, assholes that say "Ici au bon français, Monsieur," which is a French way of saying "Here we speak French, fucker." Anyway. <laughs> Uh, but for the most part, like the thing is, is when I moved into Montreal, cause I'm from Ontario, literally the horror stories you hear is that they only speak French in Quebec. So, but it's funny because every, the moment you pass over the highway from Ontario to Montreal, all the signs change into French. <laughs> so it's terrifying. And then I get to a, uh, Tim Hortons. I don't know if you guys, do you have Tim Hortons there? We don't, but hey, man, we we get Canadian hockey, so I know Tim Hortons from on every single <laughs> board. They're always advertised. All right, so it's like the moment you pass through, um, you go to a Tim Hortons and you're like, uh, uh, double, double, monsieur, and they're like, oh, I love your accent here. <laughs> they all speak like they're from L.A., and you're like, what is this place? Where am I? <laughs> yeah, so in Montreal, English is like the go-to language. It's only in like northern Montreal, which is closer to everywhere else in Quebec that is only French. Gotcha. So as long as you stick close to downtown and the surrounding southern regions, you're fine. It's You get the Vermont accent every so often, but you deal with it. <laughs> I just I just get this wonderful picture of uh, you know a Tim Hortons barista, you know, just like in L.A. With, what? Yeah, this is an oxymoron, my friend. <laughs> you know, with with a with a headshot and a resume, you know, and this you know, ridiculous California accent. Um, uh, yeah, there more students, more students, you know, yeah. because Montreal has like the top. Uh, medical training things in all of canada oh really so wow. naturally to like help these kids with their medical studies we have to force them into part-time jobs so that they can you know waste more of their time not figuring out the biggest <laughs> medical mysteries in the in the world like like what do you guys do <laughs> yeah that's uh well you know it's what's really fascinating about that area and, and about um, what I loved about seeing it was there was just such a, a general warmth in the city that, you know, I just never have seen in another American city. That's just, that's, that, that's the chlamydia. We all have chlamydia. It causes us to exert extra heat. So that's probably what it was. No, like, like you know what it is, is that, like, I don't know how warm it is there in Vegas right now, right? How warm is it there for you guys? We're at about a 95 degree on average uh, right now. 90, okay, do you know what that means in Celsius? Doesn't matter, I've done my math already. Things, um, it's about 55 in Celsius, I think, somewhere around there. Yeah. Right. Today, it was a smoldering heat. I went outside, I had to take off 
layers, right? <laughs> Wife beater, the whole shebang. We're used to cold weather so much that according to your degrees, it was 56 degrees today. And I'm overheating. <laughs> so there's been some sociological studies that say that people that live in colder weather generally are just nicer to each other because the idea of freezing to death by yourself <laughs> and maybe surviving helping somebody else, hugging somebody you don't know just for the sake of survival will actually encourage you guys being nicer to each other. That, that, that's an actual thing that I've, I've been studying a lot of garbage since I can't wrestle. Like, uh, like, like, we're not allowed to wrestle anywhere in Ontario or Quebec or anywhere in this in this entire country. That's why if you watch IWS fight night, uh, the IWS fight uh, IWS on the Fight Network at eight PM Eastern Standard Time, you'll see some of our best matches on highlight reels. Which, by the way, they're fucking phenomenal. I'm in a few of them. Well, you you better be because you made the list. What is the list? Okay, I'm curious. Who made this list? Now I gotta do. Uh, gotta do you gotta do some research. Give me yeah. this list. Is this the list of like the worst wrestlers to watch uh, when you're drunk? <laughs> uh, I I don't think it's that uh, specific of a list, but um, uh, let's see here. What? Because that will make you feel extra drunk if you try to watch it from my perspective. <sighs> oh come on, let's go. Let's move, move this. Everything you know when you want stuff to move quick. Uh, like an erection. Yeah, I got it. it sucks. <laughs> That's why Pfizer gave us the vaccine to help our erections better, right? <laughs> yeah. He's, hey, you know, you got you got to get that Pfizer shot. Yeah, you got to get two though. You know, apparently. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 a double take. Um, okay, Listen, if I can trust them with my dick, then I can trust them with my health. <laughs> this list is actually from. Um, it was it was published on Monday, May tenth. Now that no no no, I don't know when it was actually published. Published. Feel like you're making it up just to make me feel better. No no no, it's. Uh, uh, Dominic Marinelli, April 25th, 21, uh, 21. So Dominic Marinelli, the website is eWrestling News. And um, it is actually five indie wrestlers to keep your eyes on. And you are listed uh, as the first uh, entry. Well, that and, is an ego boost that I was not expecting. Thank you very much for this. Here, here's a, here's another part of the ego boost. Um, he uh, he says this gentleman, this gentleman. The more that you laugh when you say this, the less I believe you, brother. Oh no, no, I'll I'll, I'll send it to you uh, as soon as uh, we get off yeah, there. Send it to me so I can jerk off later. Yeah, Anyways. of course. But no, he's he specifically says this gentleman has been wrestling for a while. But his in his ring entrance and in ring arsenal is certainly certainly something to behold. I urge you to look for his matches online. They're certainly out there and easy to find. So, uh, you know, he's he's got some pay close attention to the work he's done in IWS. 
And you're up there with, uh, let's see, Frankie the Mobster. Oh, yeah, he's a fucking amazing maniac. Uh, Solo Darling. Oh, yeah, she's a fucking amazing maniac. Mike Marston. And O'Shea Edwards. Mike Marston's a piece of garbage. Anyway, who's the last one? (laughs) O'Shea Edwards. Oh, O'Shea, he's a nice guy. Mike Marston should eat his own feces. Anyway, I don't... Hey, hey, Mike Marston, if you're watching this, I don't like you. Well, you know, you got caught... That's from Stu. That's from Stu, Mike. Hey, I don't like you. That's the worst thing you could write into somebody's birthday card. (laughs) Do you know? Anyway, sorry. That was personal. That was personal. That's that's all right. That was personal. Uh, anyway, I just yeah, he uh, he refers to Mike as a young up and comer who's talented, uh, or whose talents are showcased over at IWS. So he's a young up and comer, and you are a gentleman. I guess fair enough. <laughs> I don't write it. He is ten years younger than me, which. <laughs> You can see from how he treats people. It's okay. He's actually probably not a bad guy uh, once he reaches my age and realizes that there's a lot of mistakes you make along the way of life. Until he realizes that, he's a douche canoe. (laughs) In all my years, I think this is the first time I've ever heard the term douche canoe, and I think I'm going to use it forever. That is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, well, just wait till you just wait till you hear me call somebody a floppy donkey dick. See, now that doesn't phase me because I actually have been, you know, you've seen many floppy donkey, floppy donkey dicks. dicks. Exactly. Do we need to tell the FBI about your browser history? It's not the browser, man. You just go to any gym, and that's pretty much what you're going to see by some seventy-five-year-old with, uh, you know, balls dragging behind him on the floor. So. This is why you wait for them to be done in the change room before you come in. You realize, oh, oh, Etienne's going to the uh, change room. I guess I'm just going to walk on the treadmill for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's like, oh, man, yeah, yeah, no, I got extra cardio. It's extra cardio day. <laughs> yeah, you know, I got my Fitbit. It tells me how many times I walk. It's great, bro. And it also warns me of floppy uh, donkey dicks. So, floppy donkey dicks. It, it, floppy donkey dicks implies that they're both medium sized and floppy, which is sad on both accounts. Because if you're walking proudly with a small dick, that's something. Sure, they got something to work with. Absolutely, they know how to use it. Most medium-sized dick people don't know how to use it. I know it because I have no idea how to use mine. <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, we devolved into dick sizes. What's next? <laughs> well, you know, we're coming up uh, on almost an hour here. So um, let me get uh, you to do the uh, plug as uh, per usual to make sure people uh, kind of follow you and definitely... Um, you know, if they if they don't know you and haven't followed you yet, they can uh, take a look uh, on social media and um, start getting entertained and yeah. looking yeah. up your stuff, man. Yeah. 
All right, like, uh, I'm going to start plugging stuff, like the standard sexy college slut that I am. All right, guys, first thing, follow me on Instagram, Sunny Soleil, spelled S-O-N-N-Y-S-O-L-A-Y. It's spelled that way. Let me take a pause. You can't. Okay, Sunny Soleil, S-O-N-N-Y-S-O-L-A-Y at Instagram. You can also find me as Sunny Scott Soleil because I gave myself a middle name on, his, <laughs> on Facebook for some reason. <laughs> uh, also, you can catch me uh, Friday at I Friday nights at IWS on IWS Fight Network, not the Fight Network on IWS. We are 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you could also, I also recommend that if you're interested in pro wrestling, you check out uh, the IWS Dojo as well as our I, as well as our YouTube show uh, Training Day with Coach Hawk on YouTube. He is one of the greatest trainers that you could ever possibly want. Not only is he trained by Quackenbush, but if you ever get a chance to do Quackenbush's weekend training, guess what? He'll be there once this ends. Uh, I also, you know, if I'm going to plug something, I want to plug my little brother. Can I plug my little brother? Absolutely, man. My little brother's got a nice YouTube channel going on. It's actually pretty funny. If you like music, humor, metal, humor, heavy metal, and for some reason, teeny bop angst music. Uh, it's called Just Giving Up on YouTube. They do a lot of weird things, and they make fun of a lot of weird people, but you know what? It's actually pretty funny. So check it out, Get Just Giving Up on YouTube. And uh, also, my tag team partner, Mikey Moretis, he's got a music video releasing. No, 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 it's going to rock your world and melt your mind, brother. <laughs> so I suggest you check it out. And yeah, those are all my plugs with the remaining voice that I have left. <laughs> um, final uh, question for you before we wrap up. Uh, right. yeah. Bigger, uh, bigger Canadian uh, national treasure: uh, Chris Jericho or Tom Green? This is the real Tom show. This is my favorite show. Because it is my show. If this was your show, you'd probably like it more than I like my show. But it's not your show. It's a Tom Green show. By the way, I did that just because I love you, Tom Green, but Chris Jericho takes it. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Biggest bad boys of podcasting.